you see couples used to marry and build a life together. Now they build their life first and then they get married. And there's some pros to that, but there's also some cons. You see, when you get married younger and build a life together, then you are doing this as a couple, as a team. If you come into the marriage and you've already got all these preconceived notions of how to do things and everything's perfect, in some ways that makes it more challenging to partner with your future spouse. And then we see fewer people having more kids because it's like, well, I want everything to just be perfect in my life because that's how it was you know, for the first 30 years of my life, I had control over everything. But when you get married young, you're forced to collaborate, you're forced to work together, you're forced to compromise. But the positives of that is that you grow together even stronger. Hey guys, it's great to see you this afternoon. I'm in the Nicolay National Forest at my cabin, and today we're going to continue our discussion on what it means to be a man, a godly man. We're going to look at truth number three for what it means to be a godly man. That is, you were created to leave and cleave. In fact, I'm right here up in the Nicolay National Forest in, in our bedroom here with my wife. It's just me and my wife, so... This is an appropriate discussion for us about leaving and cleaving because I'm spending time with my wife, cleaving to my wife. And in Genesis 2.24, God said to Adam, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. For every one of you guys, God's ultimate plan is that you leave your house, leave your house, and then cleave to your wife unless God's plan for you is to be celibate your whole life. But even if God has called you to be celibate for your life or for a season, he wants you to leave your house at some point. God doesn't want you living in your parents' basement or attic playing video games until you're 30. I know <laughs> lots of guys love playing video games. I think right now the average age of a guy playing video games is like 35. But that is not God's eternal destiny for you to spend the rest of your life playing video games in your basement or in your parents' attic. God wants you to get a job. God wants you to rent an apartment. God wants you to move out at some point. Why is that? Because God wants you to become independent, to become responsible, to learn how to take care of yourselves, and ultimately build a family. In my house, I have six kids, and this is the rule we really had for all of our kids, not just our, our sons, but in our house, the rule is you had to be out by age 23 unless you're still in college or engaged to be married. You see, at 23, you should be at the point where you can take care of yourself. Unfortunately, the exact opposite is happening in our society. More and more young people are living at home. According to Pew Research for the first time in modern history, more young people live at home than they do on their own. In 2020, 52% of young people, 18 to 29, lived at home. 55% of young men still live at home compared to 49% of young women. We haven't seen 
this many young people living at home since the Great Depression. And during the Great Depression, only 48% of young people lived at home. Well, why are more young people, in particular young men living at home? Because young men aren't getting married until on average 31 years old. The average woman is getting married at age 29. That's crazy. If you go back 100 years ago, the average guy was married at 25 and the average woman was married at age 21. Young marrieds are a vanishing breed. Only 29% of people ages 18 to 34 are even married. Only 6% of adults get married by age 21. Only 22% get married by age 25. I have six kids. Three of them were married by age 21. Two by, will have been married by age 25. I still have one at home, but we have really focused on our kids finding that right person when you're young and getting married young. You see, couples used to marry and build a life together. Now they build their life first and then they get married. And there's some pros to that, but there's also some cons. You see, when you get married younger and build a life together, then you are doing this as a couple, as a team. If you come into the marriage and you've already got all these preconceived notions of how to do things and everything's perfect, in some ways that makes it more challenging to partner with your future spouse. And then we see fewer people having more kids because it's like, well, I want everything to just be perfect in my life because that's how it was you know, for the first 30 years of my life, I had control over everything. But when you get married young, you're forced to collaborate, you're forced to work together, you're forced to compromise. But the positives of that is that you grow together even stronger. Now, unfortunately, as a result of men not getting married younger and men staying at home longer, we have a singleness crisis among our men. 63% of young men are single. Only 34% of young adult women are single. And, you know, we're going to get into this a little bit further as to why, but that's crazy to think that almost twice as many men are single as young women. And this singleness crisis has led to a loneliness crisis among men. Singleness equals loneliness for many guys. You see, young men have fewer and fewer friends than ever before. 15% of men have no close relationships at all. Most men only have one or two close friends. In years past, it used to be five or six close relationships. Young men, as a result of this loneliness crisis, are four times as likely as young men want women to commit suicide. And this singleness and loneliness leads to a lack of initiative among men too. Right now, women collect 60% of bachelor's degrees compared to only 40% among men. Guys, we need connection. One simple solution, right, is find a good woman and marry her. Don't wait until you're 31 years old to find a good woman and get married.
Uh, and until you find a good woman, though, find a good roommate, right? There's some things that we can do to deal with this loneliness crisis. Find a good roommate. Find a good roommate who shares your values, who shares your faith. You don't want someone who doesn't share your faith or moral value system. You don't want someone who's a party or getting drunk or you're on drugs or um stays up all night creating a bunch of noise, right? Obviously find someone who shares your value system, but find a good roommate. That's one way to get over this loneliness. Find a good church and get plugged in. There are plenty of good churches out there. Get plugged into a young adult group or a singles group. Make some friends at work. I know a lot of people, we go to work and we're just like, man, I see these people for eight to 10 hours a day. I don't really want to see them after work. But that's a good place to find some people. How about um, join a softball league or a volleyball league? Play some pickleball, man. That is like the rage right now. I mean, like it's so cool to see all these families playing pickleball. But I mean, that's something that you can get involved in. How about join a civic organization, the Kiwanis Club, um, the American Legion, if you're a soldier, right? I mean, there's opportunities to get involved. Or guys, how about... Make some friends online. I mean, a lot of you guys like to play video games. Interested, I was just at this conference and they were talking about um, whether violent video games actually contributes to some of these mass shootings that we're seeing. And this Stanford psychiatrist was up there and she said that actually um, there has been proven to be no connection between the violent video games and uh, <laughs> actually... Um, you know, playing those video games and and young men. What they showed, though, is that young men who are online playing video games and do some of the multiplayer stuff and connect with their friends online actually helps them psychologically. So, guys, I know this sounds crazy, but if you are going to play video games online, if you are going to be online, um, you know, make some friends online. And notice I didn't say find a good woman and live with her. I said, find a good woman and marry her. You see, God doesn't want you to live with your girlfriend before you marry her. God wants you to do the right thing and either live separately or marry her and move in with her, right? So if you love her, prepare to marry her. Don't play house with her. Unfortunately, 76% of people today play house together before getting married compared to 11% in 1965. I mean, that's crazy. So right now, three quarters of people live together, cohabitate before they get married. And unfortunately, playing house, that's what I call cohabitate. It's playing houses, right? Uh, It's playing house, right? It's, it's, um, and, and it has consequences, right? Cohabitating together before getting married or engaged to marry has proven to increase the rate of divorce by 48% compared to those who don't cohabitate. Similarly, cohabitating has led to a significant increase in the rate of babies born out of wedlock. Today, over half the babies born to first-time moms are born out of wedlock. You see, living together, cohabitating, isn't marriage. It's a mirage. It's a shadow of the real thing. There's no real depth to it. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. It's not a covenant like a marriage. It's a noncommittal experiment. 
So why do so many people live together first versus getting married? Well, living together is often fear-based. I'm afraid I'm going to make a mistake, so I'm going to test the waters with this person first. Or I'm afraid that I'm not going to be a good husband, so I want to have an out in case it doesn't work out the way I want it to. Or I don't want to end up like my parents who maybe got divorced or maybe they fight all the time. So I just really need to get this, get to know this person before I marry them. Another reason people are living together, you know, 76% of people living together before they get married is they want companionship without commitment. And I think that's particularly true of a lot of guys. Guys want their cake and they want to eat it too, right? Guys want companionship. We want someone to be around, hang around with, but we don't actually want to commit to that person. We want that little out clause in case we find something better. So guys a lot oftentimes want all the benefits of marriage without the responsibilities. Any ladies listening out there, you need to get smart. Like the Beyonce song says, if you want it, you better put a ring on it first. And so guys, I want to encourage you to really be committed to a woman. I want you to court her before you marry her. I said, if you love her, marry her, but court her first. Don't live with her though, court her. By courting, I mean spend time getting to really know her. Go into that time of courting with the expectation that you're going to marry her. She's not an experiment. She's not a bosom buddy. She's just not, she's not just a friend with benefits. And this is how a lot of guys look at women, right? Friends with benefits. And while you should ultimately marry her if you love her, as a good friend of mine once said, wait at least four seasons to marry her. Four seasons, that means a year, right? We're talking summer, we're talking winter, we're talking autumn, we're talking spring. Yeah, I know I went out of order there, but here's the thing. Guys, you, you don't just marry someone after three months or six months. I know there's some exceptions to that, but you, you really need that year, those four seasons to get to know her. You need at least four seasons to make sure there's some depth to that love. Make sure that it's not lust. Make sure that it's love, not lust. Make sure that it's not infatuation. Oh, I just am so enthralled with this person's personality. They're so friendly. They're so nice. Make sure it's not desperation. Some guys, guys, some of you, you've been in multiple relationships and you're like, man, this, if I don't find a girl soon, I'm never going to find one. So you just settle for second best. Make sure it's not merely to fulfill an unmet need for companionship. Again, some guys, you know, it's like we want someone there to help live with, talk with, do life with. And so we just settle for someone that's really not God's plan for our lives. So God, Guys, God's ultimate plan for you is to leave your house and cleave to your wife. And to cleave means to be one with her, to be connected with her intimately. God wants you to cleave to your wife, not your friends. God wants you to be one with your wife, not your best buddy. I remember when I first got married and, you know, I, I was a big avid tennis player and I, I wanted to do stuff with my friends. And I, I remember one time I'm like, Hey honey, I'm, I'm going, this is our first year of marriage. I'm like, I'm going to play tennis. And my wife was not having it. She was 
like, no way. You know, you need to spend some time with me. You need to cleave with me. And I'm literally like pulling, I had a Mustang, like an 86 Mustang back then. And I'm pulling out of there and she took like one of my other tennis rackets and smashed my Mustang with that, man. I was like, what the heck are you doing? Like you're hurting my baby here and you're using a rack. But, you know, and I still went and played tennis. I was a young, you know, stubborn 21 year old at that time. And, uh, but, but the reality is that was kind of like a desperation cry for my wife. Like, Hey, Mark, God says to cleave to me, your wife, not to your friends. And so God wants you to cleave to your wife, not your friends. Guys, he doesn't want you hanging out at the bars. He doesn't want you hanging out playing sports all day with your friend. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that stuff at, you know, you know, have a regular schedule and spend some time staying healthy and all that stuff. You need some time to stay healthy, but make sure your wife is a priority. Your fiance is a priority. Your future wife is a priority. God wants you to cleave to your wife, guys, not your mom. <laughs> Let me say that again. God wants you to cleave to your wife, not your mom. A lot of you guys are mama's boys, right, man? You, you're just like, oh, you know, your mom took care of your, your wash. She, she cooked for you. She cleaned for you. She took care of the house. She dressed you. I remember when I was a kid, my mom would dress, like, buy clothes for me. And my friends all thought I was, like, gay or something because I was wearing all this pastel stuff and, I was just like, oh, well, this is what my mom thinks, you know, wearing the light blues and that OP stuff. And back in the 80s, I thought I was cool. Turns out my friends all thought I was gay because of the way I was dressed. You know, hey, I don't know how that all works. But um, then I got married and my wife's like, no, you're not going to dress like that. That is not how you should dress. But here's the thing. A lot of guys, you know, we, we have issues with our wives and then we run back to our mom and our mom just welcomes us back and we can put our head on our shoulders. You ever notice when guys are going through stuff, when guys go through divorces even, it's like their mom is always there, oh yeah, you're right, son, and she was wrong. And you know, that's that's what moms do. That's just inherently like you're you're always gonna be your mama's little boy, but at the end of the day, guys, God wants you to leave and cleave to your wife, not your mom. God wants you to live with your wife not your parents too, at least not initially. So if you're engaged to get married, I encourage you guys get an apartment that you and your wife will live in once you're married. Leave your parents' house. Don't live with mom and dad, especially that first year. You need to spend some time with your wife, getting to know her and doing life without mom and dad in the picture. My daughter, Mercy, is getting married here. Uh, Mercy is born 20 years ago. She's 20 years old. Her husband, MD, to be her fiance is 20 years old. And they just rented an apartment. MD just moved into that. Now they're getting married in a month. But that's really God's plan for them. They're, God's plan isn't that they live in my basement, right? God's plan is that they get married, live on their own, get to know each other. Now, I'm not saying that at some point, if you, you know, after you've spent a year or two together and maybe you want to build a house or you're going through a transition phase and you move back in mom and dad for a little bit to help you out. Okay, fine. But when you first get married, it is so important that you live together on your own with your wife and get to know her and build a relationship with you. Now, God also wants you to find a godly woman, not one, 
from among the Canaanites, as, as the Bible says in Genesis 20 or 24, 3, Genesis 24, 3, God's says, so Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house who ruled over all that he had, please put your hand under my thigh and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son, Isaac. You see, it's God's plan from the beginning with the story of Isaac and Rebecca, God's plan was that Isaac find a wife from among his people, among the godly people, among the people who worshiped Yahweh, among the followers of Yahweh, not among the Canaanites, those who didn't share Abraham's religious beliefs, his moral value system. And so guys, God wants you to find a godly woman, a person who shares your value system. Don't settle for someone who does not share your value system. And then in Genesis 24, 7, it actually says that the angel of the Lord would go before Abraham's servant to help him find a good woman. So pray that God goes before you to find a godly woman. We prayed this over our kids every day of their lives, literally every day from the time that they were in the womb to the time that they left our house. We prayed, God, help our children find a godly young woman or a godly young man man who comes from a good Christian family. That's what we prayed over our kids. And maybe your parents didn't pray that over you. Maybe you didn't pray that over yourself, but begin to pray that over yourself. Begin to pray that out, that God would help you find a good woman. And in verse 16 in Genesis 24, it says that Rebecca was a virgin. So you can pray that God would help you find a virgin. And you and your wife should remain virgins until you get married. And maybe maybe you haven't been a virgin. God can restore your virginity. We call that second virginity. God can literally restore that to you and restore that mindset to you. So maybe, you know, you've been with other women in the past. God, God wants you to stop living like that and save yourself for your wife. And he wants your wife to save herself for you. And he can restore your virginity by you praying for restoration of that, by you praying that God would give you the strength to resist that need and that urge to be sexually active before you're married. And, and pray as part of this prayer process, pray that God would reveal to you the characteristics that you should be looking for in your future spouse. I really believe that God had made my wife just for me and, and she has all these amazing characteristics that, um, that are unique to her and that are unique to me and my relationship with you, her. And I believe that God has a woman out there for you guys. But praying that your wife is hot should not be the number one thing and characteristics that you pray for in a wife. Now, you definitely want to find a woman that you're attracted to, but that is only one of many characteristics you should be looking for in a wife. Inward beauty is more important than outward beauty. So does your future wife has a servant's heart or is she a diva? I know some of you guys are praying for that beautiful, talented woman out there, but is she really the right one for you? Is she a diva? Does she want to be led or does she want to wear the pants in the house, guys? Again, 
we're going to talk about this in the weeks ahead, but God has called you to be the king of your house. God has called you to be the leader in your house. You're partnering with your wife and leading your family, but ultimately you're the king in your house and God wants you to lead. So guys, are you finding a woman who wants to lead and you take this back seat to her? Is she wearing the pants or you wearing the pants, right? Does she love Jesus? Again, is she from the Canaanites or is she from the followers of Yahweh? Does she, how does she feel about going to church? You know, a lot of day, people nowadays are like, well, I'm spiritual, but I don't go to church, right? So guys, you got to find a woman who shares your moral value system. Find someone who wants to go to church. Does she care about other people more than herself? Is she a giver or is she a taker? Does she want to have kids? Again, you would think most women want to have kids, but today um, there's some crazy stuff going on out there where people don't want to have kids. And as we're going to talk about in, in the weeks ahead, God has called you to be a father, guys. So God has called you to have kids. So you need to find a woman who wants to have kids. God wants you to find a good wife. He who finds a good wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord, according to Proverbs 18.22. So it's God's plan for you to find a good wife and pray that he would help you to find that person. God wants you to ultimately leave your house and cleave to your wife that he brings you. He he wants you to get out of your house, right? At some point, guys, you need to move out and then find the woman that God has for you. Now, in the weeks ahead, there's a lot more to come on marriage, family, and relationships. So I, I want you to just stick with us every week. We're going to be doing this on Wednesdays around noon central time. We're going to be doing this live feed, and it's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be, it's on Spotify if you want to check it out. Next week, we're going to cover truth number four. You were created to be straight or celibate. You were created to be sexually intimate with a woman, not a man. Or you were created to be set apart and consecrated to God without a sexual partner. Those are the only two options according to God. So next week, we're going to cover that. Truth number four, you were created to be straight or celibate. Have a great week. Love you. God bless you.